0: Tuesday, February twenty first. This is Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill and joining me in studio today for Motley Fool stock advisor Jason Moser from Motley Fool Inside Value Joe Mager. Gentlemen, happy Tuesday. happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday, Tuesday. Good long weekend, relaxing, you're tanned, rested and ready, all that good stuff. Very good, relaxing
1: need. I got to wait at home yesterday, actually, for the appraiser to come by our house for a wow. a, re, a refi that we're we're taking advantage of the low rates here. You know? Wow,
0: you know how to party.
1: I'm telling you. Uh,
0: all right, we have earnings from Home Depot and Walmart, but uh, we should start uh, with the one-two punch that's getting a lot of play in the financial media today. That is the fact that the Dow has hit the thirteen thousand mark. We're at Dow thirteen thousand for the first time in nearly four years, um, and part of what's and credit for that is the bailout deal uh, for Greece, $172 billion, uh, from other European nations and the IMF. What do you think, Jason? Big deal? little deal no deal what, what do you think about greece it is a nice headline isn't it
1: and i it think is. that's just what it is i think it's another headline it's what's driving me nuts with this whole greece bailout thing is it's just perpetuating this situation it's not bringing anything to any resolution because the fact of the matter is they've still not really done anything all it is is lip service so at the end of the day we still need to see greece pull it together and you know implement this austerity plan which you know we've talked about the implications of austerity before it's lower economic activity Yep. Yeah. you no, it's just another headline. Joe? Yeah, I think there's actually something to it. I agree
2: that it is just kicking the can very far down the road. But when you look back at where stocks were early October, the market was basically priced as though we were going to have a calamity happen. And yeah. There was going to be a domino effect of defaults by countries. And it seems like that probably isn't going to happen anytime soon. Oh, I now, think we
1: can still have a calamity.
2: Well, I think <laughs> we could still... Basically, what happened is we've traded a short-term calamity and better long-term prosperity for lower long-term prospects, but no calamity in the short term. And that was enough to drive up stocks. And I think people who were willing to buy into that in early October have done very well. The market's up 24% since October 1st.
0: All right. Let's move on to some earnings. Home Depot's latest earnings came in better than expected. Shares trading at a five-year high, Joe. What do you yeah. think? Yeah. Oh, well, they're great results.
2: I, I love this company. It's <laughs> I hate retail. It's a brutal industry. It's so competitive, but they are one of the best uh, operators out there. And it really just gets down to Frank Blake, uh, chairman, CEO, strategy of focusing on customers, uh, great customer service, bringing back that customer experience that they were so well-known for and lost touch with, And just by focusing on these fundamentals, they've dramatically improved the business. They've reinvested heavily in logistics on the back end. And it's the kind of thing you don't see as a customer, but it makes them more efficient. So actually, you do see it when you show up and you're looking for a certain part or a type of nail that, you know, five years ago they might have been out of. Mm -hmm. Now they're better stocked and better managing their inventory, and it's translating to better margins. So all around, they're just kicking butt and taking names.
0: Uh we've talked in this room before about uh, some retailers blaming the weather uh for you know numbers not coming in quite as high as they had hoped and oh we had a blizzard and things. uh Jason this seems like one of those cases where the mild winter we've been having is actually getting credit for part of the numbers that Home Depot has delivered because people are able to take advantage of the, the warmer weather and, and you know do more home improvement projects.
1: I guess. I mean, as a homeowner, I'm not really sure I buy into that. I think we all were, we were kicking this around earlier before taping, and it, it does seem like a strange... Thing to count on the weather. I mean, because it's so unpredictable, obviously. I mean, you look at another company that I I follow, like uh, Dick's Sporting Goods, for example. Mm -hmm. There were concerns of uh, poor quarter performance based on the warmer weather because they were selling less uh, winter goods. Right. So you can, you can. I think you can spend that any which way you want. I think the fact of the matter is, we have a situation where number one, uh, we are seeing an economy that is it's less bad. Um, You know, I mean, we were talking about the uh, the National Association of Home Builders. Uh, said that their builder sentiment index had risen for a fifth straight month to uh twenty nine which was up from twenty five now to be clear here, negatives anything below fifty so it's not like everything is just hunky dory right. but it is it is trending upwards, which is good and so between that and I think unemployment numbers uh you know looking better there, I think you know
0: Home Depot is a good company to begin with, and so I think there's a uh, you know reason to see them perform. I want to get to housing in a moment, but Joe, first, uh, sticking with Home Depot, and we we always think in terms of competition, um, and the natural competitor for Home Depot is Lowe's. Yep. Uh, I know you're a Home Depot guy. It's uh, it's a stock from you, Atlanta,
2: baby. I it's, Pride.
0: Not, it's not just a hometown thing. I know. I know you actually. It, it's an IV recommendation too, right? Um, but when you look at the competitive threat posed by Lowe's. Um, How much of a threat is it? Um, Is there something that Lowe's is doing that you think they're doing better than Home Depot? Just what's your analysis of that matchup?
2: Well, right now, Home Depot is out hustling Lowe's. And I think it's because for a long time, Lowe's was out hustling Home Depot. There's probably some degree of complacency and Home Depot lost a lot of customers to Lowe's because it had a better, more friendly store environment, more customer or more employees on the floor to help customers. Mm -hmm. And you know, when you go into these stores, a lot of people have questions. It's not like you're shopping for groceries, right? And Home Depot underinvested in stores and it cost them. But over the past few years they've reinvested in that experience and they've stolen back a lot of customers who'd left them. I don't think it's necessarily that Lowe's is screwing up, it's just that Home Depot has Gotten back in the game. But I also still like Lowe's here, actually. I think from a valuation perspective, Lowe's is actually cheaper, but I like them both, and I think they'll do pretty well over the next three to five years.
0: Uh, let's just wrap up on Home Depot by talking about housing. Um, I was saying uh, before the taping, seen a couple of analysts online uh, this morning basically saying, hey, this is. This is an indication, Home Depot and their earnings, this is an indication we've turned the corner on housing. Um, it's it's, up, it's all upside from here. Um, that Jason, sounds nice. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that'd be nice if it was true. Jason, I know you don't think that, um, but I am curious about where you are looking as an investor, as an analyst, um, when you feel like housing is turning around, when we do turn the corner on housing, and, and knock on wood, we will at some point. Where are you going to be looking as an investor?
1: Yeah, I think the when you say where do we look for, you know, when, when housing turns turns around, the, the natural inclination is to go towards home builders or banks or something like that. And truthfully though, you know, I pulled an interesting stat here that looks like uh, it's estimated, you know, industry standards estimate that about um a new home, every new home built creates an average of three jobs per year and generates about $90,000 in taxes. And so what that signifies to me is that's more money that's being generated out there and more jobs, more consumers are spending more. So yeah, I mean, I would look at home builders and, and banks potentially. Uh, home Depot, I think, is it's a company I've always enjoyed following, and I would certainly consider that one as well. But I would look further into retail, actually, because I think that's going to reflect a healthy, a healthier consumer spending environment. And so if you can find those those solid retailers with you know very strong brands, healthy balance sheets, I think there could be something there too
0: any in particular.
1: You know, I, I go everywhere from the, the high-end goods like Tiffany, for mm-hmm. example, uh, to even the, the uh, specialty retailers like Dick Sporting Goods, which I've mentioned before, uh, to even our you know, favorite warehouse, Costco. You know, that's uh, something that's always focusing on consumer savings and a very well-managed company, uh, very financially fit. And so those are three that I think uh, would be worth looking at.
0: Uh, Joe, what about you? Uh, When we finally get the housing turnaround, how are you going to be playing it?
2: I'd probably be looking at banks. I think your highest leverage play is with home builders, but I hate home builders. Uh, (laughs) They're... Very, what have they ever done to they're you? They're very adept at screwing up, and I'm not too interested in saddling up with any of them. But I do like banks, and I think banks are very attractively priced today, and especially if we start to see some more momentum on a housing turn. I don't think we've had much of it, to be honest. I wouldn't read too much into Home Depot's results today as this wonderful sign that this has turned. But if you look at a Wells Fargo, for example, which is originating about one in three mortgages in the U.S. right now, you know I think it can do about 16%. Returns on equity over the long term, selling for about 1.3 times book value today. Back into the math on that, and I think buyers today are getting a business that'll probably return, say, 12, 13% over the long haul for them. That's a pretty nice pickup.
0: Uh, Shares of Walmart down this morning after revenue and earnings both came in lower than Wall Street was expecting. Jason, what happened? Well, you (laughs) said it
1: right there. (laughs) Everything came in below expectations. And really, I mean, that was. uh, they missed expectations, and so typically we see reactions like this from uh, short-term, you know, market uh, investors. But you know, sales were up over five point eight percent over the same quarter last year, so that's encouraging. And I think this marked the second uh, quarter, uh, second consecutive quarter where their same-store sales, at least U.S. same-store sales, were up uh, about a one and a half percent. So that's that's good. I mean, mm-hmm. Walmart is certainly uh, getting it back in the right direction. Um, the problem, I think, though, you know, we're looking at a situation where Walmart is a very mature business. I mean, it's a two hundred billion. Uh, dollar company, and it's mm-hmm. been around for a long time, and it's a traditional brick-and-mortar retailer. So, we're looking at a situation where, number one, there's a lot of competition out there in every capacity, I mean, from Home Depot to Best Buy to Amazon to Costco to anything you can imagine, really. You know, Walmart is facing, I think, a real tough uphill climb here in the U.S. Now, with that said, they've got a tremendous international presence, and about 30% of net sales were were. Uh, Attributed to to their international quarter last year, or to their international segment last quarter, and um, so that's important. But we also have to recognize that international is still less profitable, and even then, they're going up against tremendous competition everywhere, from Carrefour to even you know Warren Buffett just up to stake in Tesco, uh, based out of the UK, another big retailer
0: about a fifth the size of Walmart, but still heavy competition. Uh, I want to get to back to international in just a second, but I, I want to go back to something Joe had said about Home Depot and, and sort of the way that the, uh, the CEO uh, focused the company's strategy on essentially, okay, we, we need to do this one thing much better. We need to improve the customer experience in the store. And it, when I look at Walmart, I mean, certainly just in the time that we've been doing this podcast over the last year, it seems like they've had a couple of pretty significant shifts in strategy. There was the whole, we're going we're gonna, to um, make the shelves streamline. We're going to declutter the shelves. We're going to have fewer items. And that didn't really seem to work. And then it's like, no, no, no. We're, we're going back to the whole everyday low prices thing. And then the fashionista
2: phase yeah. they went through, where they were trying to run into some like kind of higher-end
0: fashion-conscious approaches, and that didn't take it. Basically, they were trying to be target. And it didn't work. So I mean, is I mean, at its core, as, as you said, Jason, I mean, this, it's a it's a mature company. Um, it's spread all over the world, um, but at its core, is that ultimately what this company needs to figure out? Is just sort of like this is the one strategy we need, because it seems like they're sort of fishing about and they really haven't figured it out yet.
1: Well, see, here's here's the biggest problem I think Walmart faces is the segment that they they are in. Okay, they're a general retailer. Okay, so Apple, for example. Uh, what they need to do is constantly innovate something new. I right. mean, they go iPod, iPhone, iPad, yada, yada, yada. Uh, but Walmart is just straight-up retail. I mean, there's not a lot of innovation there. You know, Amazon obviously pulled a big one with the Internet and right. the Kindle and everything. Uh, but, I mean, I don't know that there's a lot that Walmart can do other than those things that you mentioned. And even still, that's really difficult to I don't know that you could look at Walmart and say, oh, yeah, that's a double in in the next five years. It's just not going to – I don't see how Walmart becomes $400 billion in the next five or even 10 years, for that matter. So, innovation can only take them so far, really – it's just becoming a much more competitive environment, and you know Joe was mentioning how much he doesn't like retail because it's so cutthroat, so competitive. He's very right, and so you know on the one hand, you look at something like Walmart; it's a wonderfully defensive investment that is going to help you bring in about you know two two point three percent dividend yield on, on your uh, portfolio there, and it's it's a nice solid play. Uh, but I don't know that it's any kind of a uh, long term capital gains stock to consider.
0: Um- Joe, in terms of the competitive landscape, uh, as Jason said, certainly here in the U.S., Walmart is facing off against everyone from Amazon to Dollar General. Uh, And then when you go international, Tesco in the U.K., PriceSmart in Latin America, which is sort of the the Costco of Latin America and and sort of following that model. Um, To the extent that uh, Walmart uh, can eliminate a competitive threat, what do you think is the most important one for them? to eliminate
2: wow i don't think they have much of an ability to do that
0: right i'm 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 going magic wand here like you magic wand ceo gets a magic wand gets to basically just eliminate (laughs) eliminate you exactly Okay,
2: magic wand
0: they make the internet disappear (laughs) there you go i think that's probably about right hey the
2: internet's down forever (laughs) that's when they were the most relevant uh yeah i mean what's you know what's nipping they're getting hit on two fronts they're getting hit online Uh, They do have an online presence that I get the sense is competitive, but tiny in the grand scheme of their, Mm -hmm. you know, overall schemes. Um, Yeah, they're getting hit on price. That's only going to keep getting worse through online shopping. And meanwhile, one of the many reasons I hate retail is just that anytime you do have a big innovation, everyone rips it off right away, and within a few years, your model has already been stolen, and people have totally copycatted their model. And now there are new changing preferences with consumers. This happens all the time. They've basically moved upstream. This, this might be surprising and hard to believe, but they've kind of moved up in the consumer environment. And now Walmart's getting undercut by all these dollar store players. Yep. So really value conscious people are now shopping at Dollar Tree, for example, instead of you know, uh, Walmart, and then people at the kind of higher end value spectrum are flocking to Costco, which is eating their lunch there too. So you're getting pounded at you know the low end with you know low margin sales, and then kind of at the value conscious side, but upper affluent and you know shopper as well. And then from people who are buying online, it's just tough.
0: Uh, Jason, I know you don't think that uh, this is a stock poised to double anytime soon, but just. Um, Broadly, is this a stock that you would buy, sell, or hold? Personally, I mean, I I
1: wouldn't buy it. So, if I had it, I mean, yeah, I'd hold it. I think it's nice dividend income, but I don't know that I'd recommend someone going out there and buying it today. I'd rather play some kind of a a hybrid, you know, buy Amazon and Costco together sort of model where you can take advantage of that low-cost warehouse along with the the ruler of the internet.
0: (laughs) Joe, you just sold it, didn't you?
1: Yeah, we just sold it at
2: inside value. So, it was pretty lucky timing in in advance of today's (laughs) earnings. but. You know, really just boiled down to this is a very slow growth business where it's core market the U.S. You know, they're, they're kind of getting owned. They're doing just fine, but they're not going to be gaining share, and I don't think they're going to be expanding margins. I think you're going to see continued pressure there. The international business is still a small part of it, and it's valued at 13 times earnings when the market's at 14. And I'm like, look, if I can invest, that's not a big enough discount for me to buy a company that is struggling in its core market. So... Why go there when there are so many other good opportunities?
0: It's Fat Tuesday, guys. Any big plans? Uh, any any big Mardi Gras plans tonight? You're You're, you you've never to been avoid to being fat. Uh, yeah. You and you and I yeah. have never been to Mardi Gras. Joe, you've been, right? I have. How was the Mardi Gras experience? Completely
2: overrated. Do
1: you
0: remember it really?
2: I do okay. because I was like, this is so overrated. <laughs> I'm walking down Bourbon Street and it is you know chest to chest. You are completely to packed mopsing. in like sardines and the street is like six inches of trash so you're just waiting in trash it was terrible well that i would never close. go back i mean it was interesting to have gone one time but oh, i might feel differently if i had one of those sweet you know verandas where you can kind of overlook all the people beneath you and you're like throwing beads at people that could be fun but being one of the people I mean, having <laughs> things thrown at you is uh,
0: I'd, I'd love to know the history of the beads <laughs> On that note, Jason Moser, Joe Baker, guys, thanks for being here. Thank thanks. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. Our producer is Matt Greer. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We will see you tomorrow.